Pop the top on the whole jacuzzi A rain or sunshine, we're not too choosy Daytime, nighttime, we're always home When you drop on by on your mobile phone To hot tub beers Amber's ales and lagers Hot tub beers Slip on in Tasting micro brews from Texas towns, stouts and pilsners, boxing weeds, having hot tub beers, just my friends and me. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. We got the same two uh, usual losers on the podcast, but then we added Sarah. Sarah, we just met Sarah. Jake already put two hands on his wacky wiener. Jesus. <laughs> no, Tim. No, I a- keep telling you, my name is Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not Jesus. Anyways, there's a restaurant called Whacked Out Wiener. That oh, Whacked Out Wiener. We're going to have to try later this week. <laughs> oh, welcome, Sarah. Hi. Nice to meet you guys. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. It's beautiful. It's beautiful and sunny. I see all these vendors over here at Brash. It's it's great. It is. It is an absolutely beautiful day. We're glad you're here with us. So uh, this is Hot Tub Beers, where dry January means we're just not in the water. Uh, that's all it is. We're still drinking alcohol. Yeah. Um, Ooh. So here we're going. To that. I, I, it's probably not the smartest idea to start with a stout, but it's an Irish hello. Um, and so I figured, what the hell? Let's have an Irish hello with our friend Sarah. Um, now, Sarah, we're drinking St. Arnold because tomorrow you start a new job. Yes, I do. I'm very, very excited. Tomorrow I start as a lab tech at St. Arnold. It's something that I have been kind of aiming for for a long time because, you know, St. Arnold is Houston craft beer. It's, that's the goal. So well, you just took your glass away. You don't want any more? Whatever, Jake. I got to learn stuff today. Okay, so... You're starting a new job at St. Arnold tomorrow as a lab tech. But, okay, so Friday, where were you at? Well, Friday, I was at home. Oh. <laughs> I, have been, uh, I have been on the unemployed gravy train since about Thanksgiving. Okay. You know, just enjoying myself, messing around at home, really annoying my cat, you know, that all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so, okay, so... I was I was kind of stalking you on the internet when uh, when we first found out you were coming, right? And so I found your bio on uh, Eighth Wonder website. Uh huh. Okay. So it it talked about you had gone to Texas A and M, went to uh, Health Science Center UT. I went your, to University of Texas Medical Branch in you, Galveston. Okay, UTMB in Galveston. Okay, and then uh, that you enjoy crocheting. I like cross stitch, which cross is stitch. basically okay. embroidery's dumb cousin because all you're doing is putting a bunch of X's through some holes. Okay. There's not much art to it. You kind of follow a pattern. It's like color by number, basically. Yes. I did do that. I am very, very bad at it and never finished one project. See, I started I started laughing immediately and I sent your bio to my daughter. So my daughter graduated from Texas A&M. She's currently at UT uh, Medical Branch in San Antonio getting her Doctor of Occupational Therapy degree. But like we took her to a brewery when she came home for the break just to kind of hang out, drink a few beers and talk and she pulls crocheting out of her purse 
and starts crocheting us like, oh my God, Grace, I'm interviewing you on Sunday. <laughs> so I, th- I thought it was great. So I was excited about it. I thought it was cool. We're, we're going to have a good time. So if you learned anything today, it's that cross stitch and crochet are not the same thing. They are not. No, I did not. I did learn that cross stitch and crochet are not the same thing. One, one has really big needles and one has really small needles. That are is they, correct. Crochets, that's not considered a needle, is it? Is it, is it a hook? It's, it's hooks, I think. Yeah. It's needle-like. Crochet hook, It's yeah. needle-ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you use knitting needles, so like that's confusing, kind of, you know, because like I always get knitting and crochet confused. But one of them's with the hook, and one of them's with the needle. Like I don't know what's going on. Oh man, we got we got some stuff to learn. Yeah, yeah, both are hobbies of the aged. Correct? Of the aged, of the aged population. So you should have started that like five or six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a young man. This is not a visual podcast. Nobody sees the gray streak in my beard. Yeah, you're one of the older, uh, non-retired people, aren't you? Oh, gosh. Six, you know six years I can retire? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Wow. is right. Wow. I didn't think about that until recently, and it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's exciting and depressing at the same time. Yeah. So your, your profession now is lab tech. <laughs> Pretty was, much, yeah. Uh, where all have you been a lab tech before? Just Eighth Wonder, or do we have multiple? So, in craft beer, I worked at Galveston Island Brewing for almost five years. Oh, wow. And during the, my time there, you know, it's a small, smaller brewery. So, I did a lot of everything. I did some brewing on their 20-barrel system. I did oh, a nice. lot of cellaring. I did all of their lab work. You know, like, we did some quality sensory stuff. Just basically anything that needed to be done. And then at 8th Wonder, I was more lab-focused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's, the, uh, what's the trajectory? Is this, like, lab where you want to be? So you can go a lot of places from lab. You know, if you want to just keep with the testing and analysis, you know, you stay in the lab. But you can also branch out to, like, logistics, um, raw materials, even uh, safety. Yeah. There's there's a lot that you can do if you want to. So what do you want to? Are you, are you trying to lock the door and stay in the lab? Um, I mean, I think I'm still kind of young in my career to be making that decision, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but I am interested in food safety, industrial safety, that kind of thing. I like watching those like seconds from disaster industrial accident shows. Mm-hmm. Like you could ask me almost anything about BP Texas City and I could probably tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, so have you done like, like the HACCP and all that? Uh, unfortunately, I have not had the op- opportunity to do that. I'm hoping that with St. Arnold, you know, they'll, they'll give me a little bit of leeway to sort of branch into that. Yeah. Okay. So what is the HACCP? Hazard analysis and critical control points. It's manufacturing for uh, food and hazardous items. Interesting. I did it, and um, it is boring. It is so boring. So it's like a, oh, it's like a certification <laughs> that you get. Yeah, it, it, it's more than just a certification because it's it's a whole thing. You know, it, it it really does describe a lot and really gives you a lot of stuff to pay attention to. Uh, but it also make you not want to eat food for a while when you understand what the acceptable amount of uh, feces in your food is. Is there is there an acceptable amount of feces in beer, Sarah? Well, I don't know that the government has uh, has dictated a, a reference point for that. No. I do know that beer is considered a uh, a low risk food. Yeah, well, you know, most pathogens can't survive in it, so there's not a whole lot of uh, you know, other than like your label needing to say what's actually in your beer. There's mm-hmm. not a whole. And when are we going to say when there's stuff. lactose in the beer? When when are we going to do that, or are we just all going to suffer? The good places are already saying it. Yeah. I will say in the HACCP course, mind you, it's been 10 years since I've done it. Okay. Uh, the very beginning said, uh, essentially, let me sum it up in some nice words. The FDA is bullshit. They don't control or, or watch any of this stuff. And I was like, dang, like right out of the gate, that's the first thing they're doing is slamming the FDA. 
All right. Cool. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Just wanted a little quick. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. You want to talk to you, sir? What? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So as we keep going, we're going to continue to talk about you. Continue to talk about your journey, but. It's hot to beers. All so right. one of the central focuses is beer. So we pulled out this Irish Hello from St. Arnold. Uh, fairly new stout, correct? I think so. Again, I am starting tomorrow, so I'm not uh, 100% up <laughs> on their release schedule. Yeah, that slipped my mind for a minute. I'm sorry. So if, if, if I am questioning you about St. Arnold's and it's a little too early, uh, feel free to just tell me to shut the hell up. Okay. Yeah, we actually brought you on uh, so we get the dirt on Eighth Wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we better get some more beer then. <laughs> so, on the nose on this one, it is. So, this is supposed to be a dry Irish stout, correct? Easy drinking dry Irish stout. Uh, ABV on this one, I'm not seeing it. I'm not expecting it, it, it to be it's, huge. No, it, it's fairly low. I think it's sub five. Sub five? Let me, yeah, I'll, I'll check ooh, on it, but I'm pretty ooh, sure it is. That's tasty. Okay, all right. So, tell me what you're tasting. So it's nice and dry, which I like. I really like dry stouts. I feel like the trend of making everything sweet is a little overplayed. Sarah, we love you already. <laughs> oh, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. You Jake wouldn't tell beer. me he loved me this morning. I already got oh. Sarah to tell me she loved me in the last five minutes. Jake, I'm sorry. The beer is 4.3%. I'm searching for a new co-host. Go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, this is a partnership, all right? This is not based on love. This is, oh. this, is, this is based on equality. Ah, uh, shit. No, it's both. not. Should we be holding hands <laughs> in the whole time? <laughs> yeah, we can. We can have love and equality, Jake. Of course we can. Yeah. Of course we can. Sweetheart. My heart's just overflowing <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, so it's dry. What else? What else you get in? Yeah, definitely dry. Nice and you get a little bit of that roasty note in there, too. On the aroma, just a teeny, teeny bit of dark fruit, which is I like, but yeah. not too much. Yeah, I would it's, agree. It's really well balanced, I think. It's, it's a roasty nose, but there is a little bit of sweetness in the nose. I do agree with you. Yeah, the, the body to me, is it's a super light body uh, yeah. for, for a style. Almost drinks like a porter to me. Um, yeah, this is, I don't know. It, so it, the temperature right now, it's not cold, but it's not hot. It's what, like in the 50s right now? I don't know. Yeah, it it's in good. the 50s. The wind is blowing. It's, 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 it's really chill. Right, yes. I think this is the perfect flavor for this type of weather. So we're going to keep talking, but before this segment ends, we're going to rate this beer. Okay. All right. So let me tell you about the rating scale, Sarah. Rating scale is zero to four. Um, it is better than everybody else's rating scale. We've developed it. It is currently being introduced as the industry standard. Um, we do check our humility at the door. Uh, so all humility has been left outside in the parking lot under somebody's tire. So everything we say is fact and truth here on Hot Tub Beers. So if we start at zero, if the if the beer is at zero, uh, we're contractually obligated to burn the brewery down. They may not produce any more beer. That's hmm. the way that it works. Be careful with know. that one. Yeah. You know, it's a we, day away from your job. You know, we, 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 have, we have had a zero on the uh, on the podcast before but it happened to be a brewery that doesn't exist anymore and not only uh, that is because I don't I don't think you would enjoy jail for arson no no no, no probably y- y'all not y'all don't look like the jail type. probably still, not he still got up and fled pretty fast though he did yeah yeah Steve Von Grimm living in national parks I mean Von <laughs> Grimm's all the way <laughs> up forest. in damn near Canada now after giving a zero on the podcast yeah, yeah. He, he just disappeared in the national I forest. thought he was moving his family maybe he's in hiding hey, he may be in hiding we just outed him Maybe Kelly came after him. I, you mentioned that. You mentioned that earlier. I wonder. Like we mentioned, did you know Steve Ungrim when he was in town? Oh man, no. Guy, he was a he was a rep for Distill. Uh, he he hung out. He was one of the regulars on the show. Um, 
I don't. I, I wonder if he did run away. Um, I think yes and no. Yes he definitely no. was pretty excited about losing human contact. So. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and He's, say our podcast is part of the reason that he ran away because he gave a zero. You know what? If you hear this, Steve, if you're still listening, uh, go ahead and give us a shout out and say um, uh, Yetis are bigger than Sasquatches. He is, he is still listening. I think I feel like Steve's going to be one of those guys that puts out a Instagram post and in the caption somewhere there's some cipher that it's a message to us, but we'd have to figure it out. Do you think Andre the Giant was uh, really just a, a Sasquatch with like uh, alopecia? Oh man, that that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. That would be, have to be some very selective alopecia. Because, I mean, he had it, nice hair, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was curly. It was nice. He was, he was, I mean, I was can you imagine it. the kind of grooming that would go into maintaining that if he really was a Sasquatch? Oh, my goodness. Like, the size of him. How much wax did he go through? What if he had a Sasquatch team? You know? Like, what if that really wasn't that much? What if he was, like, a small Sasquatch and they ex- exiled him? So I'm not I'm not really up on my Sasquatch mythology, but but is it accepted? Is there just one, or is it like a whole race with a hidden society? I always I'm, imagine I'm assuming race with a hidden society is what yeah. I'm thinking. I always. thought he was sad because it was only just him and he was all alone. Because you never see him like you know like if I was a Sasquatch, I'd, you'd probably eventually find me in the woods boning another Sasquatch, right? Yeah, yeah. I, would agree. I, I I feel like people want to make the Sasquatch sad. You know what I mean? Like this all poor thing. But I think in all reality, they are far superior and and. High Hiding for this long, so you know? Andre Andre found a home among among people. Then, yeah, he abandoned his, his own kind and found a found a home among mm. people. Yeah, with are you familiar with Are you familiar with Andre the Giant? Were you a wrestling fan? I'm not a wrestling fan, but I am aware of him. You know, I'm I'm obviously I'm super into Princess Bride and yeah. you know all of oh, the, all yeah, of Andy's okay. Andy Warhol stuff with him is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, name yeah, is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> you, you killed, killed my, my father. father. <laughs> Prepare to die. <laughs> I'm love searching for the six-figured man. <laughs> oh, that, that, that is one of the family favorites. That's one of the oh. ones that we like, like forced the children to sit down and watch at one point. Um, and I did then, that to Allie like a month ago. Did you? I said, Shut she had never seen it. No. What kind what? of girl are you bringing into your life? Well, she's seen it now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All did right. she like it? I think she fell asleep and I made her watch it twice. <laughs> But mind you, I'll watch that movie over and over again. So. Oh no, I'm the same way. Oh no. yeah, 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 no, that's a beautiful film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, so you got you're going to be working with Jacob Baker. Okay, Jacob Baker's going to be one of your brewery reps. He's uh, he's he's got a crush on me, uh, but I kind of continually fend him off. Uh-huh. Um, he's got a lot of pretty boy muscles, and and he likes the WWF. So if you want to make fast friends with Jacob, you can start talking about Andre Giant. Gotcha. Have you met Jacob yet? I have not. No. Yeah, she starts tomorrow. Give her a chance. Well, I don't. I don't. Know. And he's a he's a rep, right? He. Uh, oh, those guys are like the. No, they're just they're just uh, not in the building as much. Oh, I thought you were like hinting that they were like lower level no. employees. <laughs> no, like in the hierarchy, like Sarah's up there, and she wouldn't be talking to reps. They are more replaceable than a brewery tech. Are they? Yeah, I yeah. mean science. If you choose to spend some of your conversation <laughs> time on Jacob. You can bring up Andre the Giant. If not, it's acceptable because we understand that you're in the higher rungs of society. Oh, actually, you know what? And when you do meet him, make sure you drop in there and be like, oh, I heard Jake beats you in golf all the time. I will have to remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't even have to be specific. Jake is better. I okay, see. so I want to get back to this lab tech thing. So you were quality control, did a little bit of brewing. That's kind of cool to learn that side of it and then come into uh, just straight lab tech work at 8th Wonder. Yeah. Correct? Um are there any interesting, like if I'm doing a lab tech and I'm testing this beer prior to sending it out to the public, is it, am I getting this even close to right? 
Yeah, so uh, part of my job was testing the beer at a number of points to make sure it was true to brand and free from contamination. Okay, so not only are you looking, is it free from contamination, that it's true to what they're wanting to send Correct. out? yeah. So, you know, like like you can always ask, is this beer good? And a lot of times it will be good, but especially, you know, if, as, as you're becoming a bigger brewery with more distribution, it's not just, is it good? It's, is this the same beer that your customer bought last month? Ah, okay, So consistency cool. is, is key because, you know, your customer, he, you know, he or she could like, you know, let's say you put out an IPA. Right. And they like the IPA that you put out, but they don't know, like, okay, like, it tasted different in April. I never know what I'm getting. Yeah. So how closely do you have to work to the brewer on, on that aspect of it? Um, they were pretty good. You know, it's all about documentation. You know, mm-hmm. if you stick to your recipes, you stick to your processes, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of room for, like, oh, my gosh, this is just totally out of spec. Okay. You know, it had to be like a failure with the yeast or, you know, some issue with the grain supply, something like that. It doesn't happen often that it's just so far out of spec that you can't sell it. Okay. But that is something that you look at, and especially with trends. You know, if this IPA is trending darker over time, okay, well, we got to figure out why that's happening. Because that can be a signal for another issue in your process. So are you using like a photo spectrometer for that? Or are you, is this like, I guess, how are you doing color or darkness so at eighth wonder we did not have that equipment i was just basically using a bjcp card and holding it up okay you know like put the beer into the same size glass every time hold it up against light and compare Mm. now st arnold does have you know that that kind of stuff to do srms that's so cool yeah i'm excited a lot of toys to play with all right well we're gonna get you let you know let you get settled in there for a few months and then i'm gonna come in and be like hey hey let me see it. Let me see. Yeah, it. We're, we're gonna have to do. We're gonna do a follow up episode. Hey, I love like, hot where tubs, are they now? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, dude. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna happen. Okay, so how are brewers to work with on your end of the business? They're great. I mean, you know, like I, I brewed for you know a couple years myself. Like, there's not much difference personality wise. It's just you know, like everybody's got expertise in different places. Mm-hmm. There are different personalities of brewers. You know, some are really easy to work with. They want to stay on their documentation all the time, do the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. There are others that like to experiment a little and then things can get tricky. Okay. Because you're like, oh my gosh, what happened here? And he's like, oh yeah, I tried this the other day. It's like, why, why did you do that? <laughs> you didn't tell anyone you were doing that. Yep. But he's just going rogue? You know, like like some some people are a little, little more fly by the seat of their pants. Some people aren't. And it just depends on what kind of brewery you work at. There are some where that's great. There are some where that's not acceptable. Okay. I, I like that answer. So we, we I'm, I'm, where I'm headed with this is, so we've we've interviewed reps, we've interu- interviewed brewers, we've interviewed owners. We've never interviewed the lab tech. Really? Yeah, never. This okay. is the first for us. So I'm kind of excited. So give us a scoop, right? So we're at Vince's spot. Did you work with Vince at 8th Wonder? I did. I worked with Vince. I miss Vince terribly. I love Vince and I hate Vince for leaving, but I understand <laughs> why he did. Yes. You know, he had to come back and take care of his baby. I get that. But he was also my beer grandpa, and I was supposed to learn from him until he retired, so he's still a little salty about that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do, you, do you come and just hang out at Brash every once in a while? Yeah, just absolutely. To, just to glean some wisdom from him? Absolutely, yeah. That's it, pretty it's cool. It's kind of tricky to catch him early enough before he leaves. Yeah. You know, sometimes if you make it here too late, he's a little less wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tasting panels. I think that I think that might have been the last time that uh, we were here. That was or what? Jake wasn't here. Where were you? Canton. You okay? He was in Canton. Yeah, and uh, we were here. We interviewed Seth from Copperhead. Oh, I bet that was fun. It was. It was fun. It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, Seth was not uh, like 
immediately fired up about getting into the hot tub. So Vince kept bringing us cans of vulgar display of power. <laughs> Seth ended up in the hot tub. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. usually how it works too. I love hot tubs. I've never been in a truck bed hot tub. It is awesome. It's, it's a little it cold like right fun. now, but it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, you know, get an electric kettle, warm it up, whatever. That's okay. So that's yeah, a we lot were, of electric we kettles. About that. Okay. We okay, or we were here at a brewery with a hot liquor tank. You that know, is just actually the option. Do like a slow trickle from a hose. I feel like that's pretty simple. You I know what? think slow trickle is kind of a good idea because that was that was my concern. It's like we can get it up to temperature, right? Um, but how do we keep it at temperature? Because we usually we're in for an hour and a half to two hours, right? Uh, no matter how long the episode is, that's about yeah. how long it takes. So yeah. how do we keep it? And the question is: Is are we gonna we're gonna slow trickle? Are we gonna redneck engineer a hot tub? Should we just keep the truck running, hook a hose up to the exhaust, and <laughs> drop it into the water? Or you know this what? Figure out, okay, figure out how to recirc the hot tub water through a pot with a heating element. Yeah, we're gonna. So yeah, so you've basically got a hot tub. Get a pot with a heating element. Keep it covered with water. You're recirking through your pot with the heating element. There you go. Yeah, we talked about this morning and, and how it essentially distill our hot tub. Brine. Yeah, yeah. So we thought about <laughs> all right, two hoses hooked to a copper coil. Put the copper coil on top of the fire. There you go. Would that work? Probably. You're the scientist. Well, Vince could figure. I'm I'm not a MacGyver. You're not a MacGyver. I'm an analyst. Vince could figure it out though. Ah. Uh, I think I think we just get a small water pump. A whole bunch of uh, pecs, a small copper coil, uh-huh. and just blow a torch on it and pump it straight through. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm down for whatever. I'm down for whatever. As long as we're getting in the hot tub and it's warm this time of year. February, yeah. we got time till February. We try and experiment and get it done. Yeah. And now we yeah. have, you know, five people on this project. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Us and three, then, Adam and Vince. Okay, yeah. It's, okay, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Y'all can do it. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so. No, before, we before, can do before, it. We can do it. Before we it gets warm. That's right, Sarah. No, 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 yeah. We can do you it. Just, our hot tub. Comrade. <laughs> you, just, you just got inducted to the hot tub cult. Um, it's beer communism. Beer communism? Yeah. That's what Jake calls it. Are you in favor of beer communism? Specifically beer communism. Yeah. Specifically beer communism, as in everybody shares all their beer with everybody Your else beer? all the yeah. time. Your beer yeah. is our beer. As long as everyone's sharing, you know. Mind I you, good. I did say my beer is not our beer. Your oh, no, beer is not, our that's beer. The, well, if your beer isn't my beer, then that's not communism. Well, what if we're the I mean, beer taters? No, my beer is everybody's beer always, but your beer is our beer. That's the communism part. Hmm. You don't get to decide that it's our beer. We decide it's our beer. My, I'm going to need to read up on this political system a little more. My, <laughs> my beer will always be everybody's beer. Always. If everybody's sharing and happy, then, you know, whatever. If everybody's sharing and happy, peace, love, I'm, and beer. I'm, I'm in favor of that. But it wouldn't be sharing. But it can't Your be. Your beer it is can't public be, domain. Can't be like it, we can't have a dictator. <laughs> well, somebody has to produce the beer and then bring it. Right? Oh, we don't have yeah. just one facility. So in that sense, it is my beer that I am bringing to give to the group. So not a fan of communism on beer. Got it. I, like I said, I need <laughs> to do more a little a beer, more reading. More of a beer socialist. We're gonna. We're gonna. What have about to, a trade and barter system? I'm down for that. <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna we're have to write it down the beer. You know, beer homesteading. I can. More, I can do this. More beer of a, homesteading. More beer anarchy. <laughs> I gotta say, on the little political quadrant thing, I'm down there in the the bottom left hand corner. So y'all look out. <laughs> beer so, anarchy. I love it. <laughs> so if we're if we're if if you're testing for beer and you're finding things in the beer, what is the most common thing that you're finding? Um, honestly, in canned beer, it would be oxidation damage. Mm. Really? Yeah. How do you manage, uh, measure that? So you can you kind of have to do it quickly because the way that oxygen works, it's free oxygen in the beer and it's reacting with everything that makes beer great. You know, the color, the flavor, the aroma, all of those little molecules. 
Once it reacts with those, it's no longer free oxygen and you can't detect it. It becomes whatever oxide. Okay. And so if, if a consumer is tasting a canned beer and it's been oxidized and it hasn't obviously come through the hands of Sarah, uh, what are they going to be tasting? So they would be tasting like cardboard. The color will get darker. If it's a hoppy beer, then all those like beautiful citrusy, piney, all of the great hop aroma and taste will be gone and you'll be left with like a weird semi-bitterness, just kind of syrupy and gross. Okay. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna have to plan another episode. Uh, I really want you to try Zwizalu, the from Baladin, the Italian beer that is purposely oxidized over three years. Oh, oh that sounds that's neat. Right. We did have yeah, they beer. are super cool, super just different. Yeah, you know, that's and the steel beer we had, correct? Steel, steel, S T I L. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's it's flat. It's still. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, and that's the other thing. Yeah, it damages your carbonation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we're, we'll have to do a follow-up episode where we, we try some more unique things that would not pass uh, a lab uh, here. Oh, we could play Stump the Lab Tech. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, that would oh. be fun. I think we should do teams, though. I think we should get, like, two lab techs and, like, have them battle it out, each, you know, on what it is. Oh, get another lab tech? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so are, are is there a big lab tech like they all all get together at some secret 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 conference no I'm not speaking correctly at no. least in Houston uh, we, we are a very 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 small group or have so, you just not been invited yet oh man you, that's rude no no it's not because I mean you start tomorrow right <laughs> call the, them out the, well I mean okay so the biggest Saint brewery has... in Texas you start tomorrow maybe maybe it's coming maybe I mean I don't know how about traveling out of Houston for it yeah you know, that, that's got to be a hell of a club. I don't know. I, I kind of like to stay at my house. Yeah. <laughs> Let me zoom in, guys. <laughs> so, all right. So, I want to get towards rating this beer. Yeah. All right. So, like I mentioned before, I mentioned the scale, right? So, we're judging this based off the style of Irish stout. So, if I'm drinking this beer, and I'll go ahead and break the ice. That way, uh, eventually, there's going to be one of these beers we're going to force you to go first. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. But this one, to me... This is super super light. I, I, I was I was worried about starting the session with a with a uh, stout, uh, but I am now no longer worried about starting the session with a stout. This is easy. This is like a crushable stout to me. I love the dry flavors. I completely totally agree with you. I don't want my stouts coming across sweet. I don't like lactose in stouts. I don't like all these sugar bombs, the chocolate cookie brownie double fudge stouts. Um, I I don't. I think they suck. I think this is back to what I've, I've been wanting to taste something like this for a while. I haven't had this beer. I like it. Uh, I'm not going to go perfect because I would want a little bit more body on it and maybe maybe age in a barrel because that's just how it gets to my heart a little bit quicker. Uh, but I'm going to go I'm 3.75 on this beer. 3.75. What do you think, Jake? Oh, man, there's a lot to unpack on this one, but uh, the summation of this is when, when we're sitting down to do this, we've done this a lot. Yes, I we mean, have. We are, have you counted how many episodes I would, we have? I don't know, but we're experts by now. We're above, we're above 100. Yeah, we yeah, we yeah. have thousands of hours. Yeah, of, please remember your humility of, is out there. Yeah, beer and podcasting with beer. Um, usually, I won't go back for seconds on almost any beer because I always have stuff to do after this. Correct. I'm a busy person. I, I, can't, I can't spend all afternoon busy, doing this. Busy, busy, busy. Um, I actually went back for seconds on this one. Did you? I did. And I had trouble not going back for seconds on this oh, one. Oh, good for you. Um, and I guess it shouldn't be that big of a deal. It said 4.3. That's what you said. 4.3? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, this is just such a good freaking beer. It, it's, it's 
slightly reminiscent of Winter Stout by St. Arnold, but so much more flavor and roastiness, and the dryness really kind of seals it off. Uh, Carbonation's great. Obviously, no flaws in it. Um, I would I would definitely say I'm getting, you know, cocoa nibs, maybe a hair of, of, of coffee on it, but okay. um, overall, it's just, I don't know, it's well-brewed. It's yeah. well-brewed. Good job. Good job. Did you rate it? Or did you just talk? I just talked. I don't... Yeah. Zero to four. Three point nine. Three point nine. I I enjoy this. I will probably have another soon. Okay. With a cigar. All right. So Sarah, this is gonna be your first rating on the show. Now I realize you start at St. Arnold uh, tomorrow. So let's rate their beer. <laughs> well, you know they won't be hearing this until um, it's already too late to fire me. So. Oh, there's only about five people that listen to us anyway. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, we don't release for another two days, so you'll have a full oh, yeah, full yeah, shift. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You oh gotta, yeah. yeah, yeah. They can't get rid of me then. I'll wiggled my way in. Correct. <laughs> So I, I really liked this beer, honestly. Uh, I hope they still have it around St. Patrick's Day because I could see myself wrecking a lot of this in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Nice. Um, I really enjoyed how dry it was. I'm, I'm with, t- with you, Tim. I, I don't like the sweet trend. How Everything has to be sweet and just so thick and syrupy. You know, like I'm... I, I, I carry too much. I have too many worries. I don't need a heavy beer weighing me down, too. Oh, that's... Uh, Sarah... You're, uh, you're, you're, we're gonna like you. You're a wordsmith. <laughs> I like that. That was pretty good. So, our zero to four. All right, I'm gonna give this a 3.75. 3.75. Look. Sarah, cheers. Oh, dude. Oh, I ran out again. We got Vince over here in the corner hiding. He's not saying much, but he's here. Uh, so I want to thank Vince for hooking us up with Sarah. Sarah, thank you for coming on the show. We're excited about the rest of the conversation. We're excited about what's to come. Um, Welcome to the Hot Tub Beers Cult. Thank you for having me. I'm, hey, I'm very excited, and I hope to come back whenever we get that hot tub figured out. Hell yeah. So, Sarah, Sarah, when I started Eighth Wonder, she kind of retaught me how to brew. You know, when, when I came in, oh, it had been six years here at Brash that I, I was running a brewery, and I'd probably another six years at St. Arnold to where I was doing QAQC. So I hadn't brewed in, like, Ten at least ten years, like oh wow, regularly. And so when I got back, even though the brew houses are extremely similar by the same maker, I was pretty much lost for the first month. And Sarah, you know, put together all the 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 SOPs and and everything to make sure that I understood how the process worked for Eighth Wonder. So. Huh, she Sarah. she is an absolute badass. Sarah, so, we uh, told you humility's checked out at the door. <laughs> you could have told us you taught Vince how to brew. Oh man, I think, I think lightning <laughs> would come down and just smite me right here if I said that. That's awesome. No, I love it. I love it. I love having Vince uh, invite all these people on the show because he always brings on people that he has great respect for. The conversation is always amazing. I absolutely love it every single time. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back with some more Saint Arnold beer and Sarah. Hot tub beer fans, are you looking to buy, sell, or lease a home with or without a hot tub? Hugh Height, the Texas beer realtor, is who you need to call to help with all your real estate needs. Hugh knows hops and Hugh knows houses. That's txbeerrealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Today's a good day. You know what? I You can just cut me out of the rest of the episode. I think I, I've accomplished everything I need to accomplish for the year. It's too late. I already started recording. Did you really? Yeah. 
Vince, <laughs> yeah, you can cut me out. Vince, Vince said the p word, and yeah, I'm, okay, yes, yeah, so, I'm pretty so, fucking yeah, yeah. stoked. We didn't, we didn't get that on on. Uh, I was I was debating whether to start recording or not, and then I didn't, and and uh, then then Vince slipped up, and and I felt bad that I didn't record. Um, we're back, we're back to hot tub beers. Uh, we've been sniffing soaps. <laughs> oh, it's, that, we're, so we're out of this this market, and and if you haven't come out of the market to see us, um, you're a big ass fucking loser. Um, you need some more beer. What type of coffee are you drinking? Um, but, it's just americano, and our, we have an espresso machine back there. Whatever your roast is, that smells good. It's some place out of Conroe. The coffee uh, is someplace Kyle, out of Conroe. My stepson got it. For me for Christmas, it's it's not the the hell, one hell something no. I all right, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. After. I usually get uh, tenfold off of Yale and twenty sixth. Yeah, yeah. They to me are the best roaster in Houston. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And Katz's because we use their coffee and our beer. And they're amazing. <laughs> we just no, weren't going to tag them. Actually, obligated to do. I that was know, awesome. Avi. Avi. I don't think he's that. I mean, they don't. They don't really need us to sell coffee. They're they're doing fine on their own. Yeah. But so, but tenfold. They they're a tiny little place. They uh, they could use the business and. Their espresso beans are amazing. I feel like we need to do a whole espresso bean uh, episode. I know we've we've covered coffee, beer, and soap already in the last uh, five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that soap. So I was going to come back to soap. They've got a vulgar display of power soap with spent grain from from vulgar display batch and actual uh, vulgar display power beer. They they use sixty four ounces of they used no they used three crowlers. Three crowlers of beer. Six ounces. Oh shit! Ninety six. Wow. I, w- I don't know. I'm not we'll the let, math department. Jake's we'll the math some, department. We'll let somebody. You know. Seventy two. Seventy two. Seventy two ounces. There you go. Thank you. Sarah's we have somebody that that can do math here. So, all right, Sarah. We were talking to you a little bit earlier. Lab tech wasn't the original goal. No. What was the original goal? So back in high school, you know, I, I watched a outbreak a couple too many times. You know. Oh. Were and you uh, during the COVID pandemic, as a high school senior in 2010, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, my, my grand dream, you know, everybody gradu- like graduates from high school and is like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. My dream was to do counter bioterrorism. This is such I'm clearly awesome. a child of 9/11 here. I mean, that is. That is stinking awesome. Like, it really you, is. You told us that before the show, and I know I wanted to bring it on. Okay, so tell us what counter-bioterrorism would in, involve. Basically, you know, you've got the bad guys doing bioterrorism, and what the, the, quote, good guys have to do is stay one step ahead of them. So you're either coming up with, you know, coming up with, with not antidotes per se, because that's a little dramatic sounding, but you know, you're coming up with ways to mitigate that, either... Ways to prevent what they're doing, you know, like say they're engineering antibiotic resistant plague, you know, you're going to try to find an antibiotic ahead of time that can beat whatever it is that they're using. Or you're going to come up with bad technology before they do and buy up all the crap that they're using to make it. You know, it's, it's, it's silly. I'm not even sure if it actually exists. I was in high school. It has to exist. Oh, yeah, it's got to exist. Sir, don't say. I mean, it has to. It has to exist, but like us, lowly, you know, like non-government people don't know about it. So, if you got offered that career path now, would you take it? 
Absolutely not. Oh, okay. So we're not going to do a, a calling all recruiters okay, so, for <laughs> counter bioterrorism. So okay, so don't don't say anything out loud, but blink twice if that's really what your real job is, and the lab tech is a color cover. <laughs> She's wearing sunglasses. I really can't tell, to be honest. I see one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love okay, it. so how did a career in counter-bioterrorism spin this way? Right, so I came to A&M. I was in the core thinking, okay, the Army is going to pay for my PhD or my doctorate, whatever it is I need to do to do counter-bioterrorism. I lasted in the core for about six days and figured out I didn't like people yelling at me. I don't know if y'all know anything about A&M or the Corps of Cadets, but being yelled at is kind of a a cornerstone of their learning experience, so I got out of there pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I moved into the A&M Honors Program, which had a much nicer dorm. Nice. Nobody yelling at me. They had little team-building activities and coloring pages. It was great. (laughs) They had coloring pages in the Honors Program? Well, yeah, of course. I I was just a reg. Okay, so I did. I was not in the honors program, nor was I in the core. Um, I was just a normal little brown guy walking the walking the sidewalks. Um, I didn't know. That was we probably had a, pretty dicey back then. What nineteen twenty? You said nineteen twenty. <laughs> it was two thousand and two. I know. I know. That's when I graduated, or when I was supposed to graduate. <laughs> I got out in 04. but I, I I hit campus. I had my freshman year was in. Southwestern University in Georgetown. So I hit campus in 99. Yeah. The, the year the bonfire fell was my yeah, first year on campus. Yeah. Yeah. It was sad. That is sad. It still is sad. Um, we'll change the subject. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I can't tell the way Jake's looking at me. I can't, I can't whether he, tell whether he's laughing at me or coming on to me. Yeah, it's a little both. Oh, yeah, nice. looks like a little both. Little okay, both. so I'm sorry. Continue with your story. All right, so I was a biology major I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. I guess I didn't want to be in the Army, but I thought, you know, like, okay, maybe I can do research because research is really fun. You're answering questions. You're discovering new things. I did about a year of undergraduate research and got accepted into a Ph.D. program in Galveston at the University of Texas Medical Branch. That was pretty cool. I did work in the same building where they had Ebola. Also oh, pretty really? cool. I was working in the Galveston National Lab. Yeah, obviously not with Ebola. I was working with a tick-borne bacteria that nobody's ever heard of. Wait, so like had Ebola, like had samples of Ebola or like there was an outbreak of Ebola? No, there wasn't an outbreak of okay. Ebola. <laughs> just had to make sure we're on the same page Jake here. was trying to get the scoop. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they, they, they all had Ebola. I mean, not in a Petri dish. They just all no, had No, they it. had like <laughs> every, any scary thing that you can think of was in that building. Cool. Yeah. Cool, so cool. like plague, Ebola, um all the scary crap. So blink twice if you're secretly on the biocounterterrorism uh, team. <laughs> it does yeah. kind of seem that way, doesn't it? It does. It does seem, it does seem as though the story is trending that way. We're going to uh, let you finish your story, but uh, we're, we, we, uh, we will stop to point out coincidences. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, I was getting through the PhD program. I took this course called Grant Writing, and... Okay. Uh, Grants are basically giant documents begging the government to fund your project. They are soul-sucking. They are horrible to write. They're just insanely detailed, and your chance of success is low. Okay. And I realized, like, okay, I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life. If I do, I'm going to drive off the causeway. Like, I can't do this. So I was able to get out with a master's degree because, you know, I figured, okay, I don't want to do, like, research, but I like to analyze things. I'm a very analytical person, so industry. You know, I'll just go and test a bunch of crap for somebody. I don't know who. 
Now, before I got out of grad school, uh, I don't know if you guys have been down to the Strand, but uh, Bruce Brothers in Galveston is walking distance from UTMB. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got drunk there a lot as a lab. <laughs> You've been there before, right? No, I know. I never have. It's hard to leave there sober. Is it? Yeah. Justin Strait has been watching me get drunk in his bar for a decade now. Nice. Because nice. I moved down there in 2013. You know, it's now 2024. So, yeah. And so that, that's the that's where craft beer got its hooks into you? Absolutely, yes. Okay. So do you still live out there? I do not, know. Okay, um, when I took the job at 8th Wonder, we moved up to the South Belt area and were able to buy a house because, you know, real estate in Galveston is whack. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, awesome. Okay. And so, so you got your hooks into craft beer. I did. So I graduated in December of 2015, and I spent January of 2016 calling, emailing, just bothering the hell out of every brewery in Houston, seeing if one of them would let me come in and volunteer. Okay. Conveniently enough, the one down from the street, Galveston Island Brewing, said yes. Okay. So I came in. They said, hey, we're, uh, we're going to start testing for lactobacillus. Can you help us with that? I said, absolutely, yes. Oh, hell yeah. So I started working for them while volunteering part-time. After about a month, Mark was like, you know what? You're doing a good job. I guess we need to pay you because we want you to come more. Yeah. So by the end of the summer, I was learning how to brew on their system. That was, uh, that was the summer they upgraded to from their from their five barrel to a 20 barrel system and they wanted to run double batches to fill their 40 barrel fermenters okay they filled one with the five barrel once once yeah it was basically brewing for 36 hours straight oh shit it was the owner mark and the head brewer jason alternating and it was miserable so i learned how to brew on the 20 barrel system and jason and i did double batches wow wow and so okay so what what were you brewing and did you have did you have any experience in brewing specifically before? Or no. Had oh, absolutely not. No. No. Just, just drinking. Going in, just just drinking. I was good at drinking. And then all of a sudden, you're you're helping brew on a twenty barrel system. Yeah, I uh, well brewing by myself actually. Really? Yeah. So I did that for a couple a couple years. Um, I hired another had another assistant brewer, and I did mostly cellar and lab after that. Okay. Because it was just getting hard to schedule like yeast harvest and brews at the same time and. It just worked out better that way. Now, knowing knowing the brewing process a little bit more int- intimately the way that you have, does that help you on the lab tech end of it? Tremendously. Okay. Tremendously. Like, when something goes wrong, it's really easy to drill down and identify all the steps in a process that might have gone awry if you've actually done those steps. That's pretty cool. So it, may- it makes troubleshooting just really, really easier. That's that's pretty cool. So it's give you some insight over all the other lab techs. So we've got the best lab tech uh, in the state of Texas here on the show right now. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> yeah. So Go ahead. if you think about it, you know, all those breweries that you're like, you know, that beer was really good. And then you get it again. And it's like, wait, what happened to that beer? You know, it's like, it was really good the last time. Well, that all co- all comes down to quality assurance, quality control, and standard operating procedures. And the person that actually makes sure that all those things happen is the QAQC person. So the lab person knows more about the beer than generally the brewer knows about oh, the shit. beer. So oh. if they suck, it's because they don't have a Sarah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's the Good story call. that we're going to go with. Good call. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, do you even have a Sarah at your brewery? Yeah, that's why it's bad. So, Sarah, we're, we're sipping on the spring bot. Okay, so this is another St. Arnold offering. Um, we, in fact, on the live this morning, we had a different bot. We were talking about the Texas faux bot. Uh, yep. is, is the style that, that Jake has told us. So, this one is lagered. I think it says it on the can that it's lagered. Okay, 
because there are some some breweries in the state of Texas that don't lager their box. Correct. Correct. This one does. Is Crawford Bach lagered? I don't think so. I don't really pay attention to it. And Shiner Bach's not lagered? I think it used to be lagered, didn't it? Oh, I think it is. You think it still is? Yeah. I thought they had changed something in it. I don't remember what it was. Either way, it's still not a true Bach. Shiner Bach's not a true Bach, even if it's lagered? Shiner Bach is the reason why we have the Texas Faux Bach. They created it? Yeah. Are they innovators, or are they just slackers who cut corners? Um, I think... You've heard me say it a thousand times. I think a lot of breweries mislabel um, their beers when it comes to styles. You know yeah. what I mean? Not to call out Odell 90 shillings for the 1,000th time, but it's an amber ale. It's not a 90 shillings. Yeah. You know, it's not a Scottish ale. Um, and yeah, at that point, we're splitting hairs. But when we talk about what a Bach is, uh, it has to be lagered for one. There's a few small breweries that don't lager, which makes no sense to me. Uh, but... Uh, even more than that, it's 6.3% ABV and above. And so when we talk about what, what we'd expect a Bach to be, we're typically going to talk about something just a little bit heavier. You know, there's a little bit longer right. fermentation on it. Um, but with Texas and Shiner, it pretty much set up roots and said, hey, yeah, this looks like a Bach. We'll call it a Bach. Okay, so as a quality control person and as a lab tech, Bach style, do you enjoy it? Is it one of your favorites or is it just, uh, eh, I'll have one every once in a while? I think it's great. I like it. I know I like a lot of lager styles. So, opinions on this one. What do you get on the nose? Really clean. Um, a good amount of maltiness. Um, the taste is just a little, just a little touch of alcohol warmth, which is good. Yeah, body's good. I think it's great beer. I've I've had quite a few of these. Oh, I did clarify this. This is not a Texas Fobach, right? I did clarify that. You, I, I don't know if you clarified it or not, but yeah, I think we not. mentioned it. Yeah, it's not it, a this Texas is, this is a Bach. It's, Bach. A, it's, a clear, it's a Bach. It says German-style spring Bach. And I know we shouldn't be into the wrappings, and I know this is a podcast, right? Y'all can't see, but this can is just beautiful. I've always liked it. It's got blue bonnets, a bunch of different shades of blue on a green background. Like, yeah, it's a spring Bach. It's, it's great. It yeah. is. I, I do like the fact that it is a seasonal beer. It is one of the beers that I do look forward to coming into uh, every every season. But I, I've enjoyed Bach from the beginning. I think that was one of those entry-level beers into craft beer that uh, it was it was a slight departure from macro beers that, that you started drinking in the beginning and gave you something different to drink. I enjoy this one. I think on the nose, there's a little bit of caramely. I think what sets this one apart for me is the hot presence. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Jake? This is uh, one of my all-time favorite memories of St. Arnold. Okay. Uh, I think it was back in 2011 or 12. Uh, I was I was downstairs in the production area, right? I wasn't working uh, or anything like that. But I was down there, and uh, one of the cases dropped from the packaging line. And it fell, and a, a couple bottles broke out of it because this was all bottles then. Um, and I remember looking at the guy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say any names here, but I remember looking at the guy handling the package. And then I go, "Oh man, looks like you broke four of them." Wink, wink. And he pulled one out, gave it to me, and it it was just such a phenomenal beer straight off the line. I mean, it really is just a a, a great beer. Uh, so for me, Springbok will always be one of my St. Arnold favorites. So how long has Springbok been around? Do you know? That's a Vince question. I started in 2002 over there, and uh-huh. it was around then. Okay, so it's it's been a staple for a while. So twenty five ish years or more, decades. easily. Yeah. yeah. And did, did you did you help in the production of this beer when you were there? Or no. Oh, I've 
I've made it. Yeah. Have you? You yeah. made it? Like you invented it, made it? No, 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 no. <laughs> you brewed it. I brewed it, okay. yeah. I brewed it when I was there. Was there anything unique about this beer that you want to share? Yeah, that's kind of a weird I question. Even, I can't even think of... I mean, it's it's a lagered Bach. I mean, it's, it's not super dark. No. Uh, but, yeah, I can't think of anything that's weird or off. I mean, it's a pretty, tra- you know, traditionally lagered beer. Yeah. It's 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 got an interesting sweet spot for me. It's like so there's other boxes that we've had that are darker, a little bit heavier body than this one. Uh, we had one this morning from Real Ale that was super light body. This one kind of hits a little bit of a sweet spot where it's not too heavy, it's not too light. I'm still drinking malt. But for me on this one, it always has had a little bit of a hop bite on the end of it. There's a little bit of bitterness to it that I don't get in other box. I really enjoy the bitterness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Did you, did yeah. you have a chance to taste this, Sarah? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That bite on the end, it does lighten it up quite a bit. So I rated first last time. Jake? You're going to rate first this time. <laughs> Vince, Vince is waving his hands and backing away from the mic. Okay. Um, so Sarah, Sarah's going to rate the next beer first. I, I, I'm going to have to say for around. nostalgia, for me, it's four. Uh, it's four out of four. Uh, diving into the beer itself. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 3.865. I, I do think it is a fantastic beer. I love the breadiness down the cer- uh, center. It's just kind of like that nice little cereal. Um, the alcohol is not coying. I mean, you can tell it's there. It's it's not going to sneak up on you in the way of like, oh, I didn't realize this is 7%. No, you can you can kind of taste it. Um, the bitterness is just fantastic. I, just, I, I think it's a great beer to put back six of them yeah. um, and then go to bed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would agree with you. I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy it. I think it's one that it doesn't sit too heavy. Yeah, uh, it's something that I can sit back and enjoy on a fall day on the patio next to the pool in the hot tub, uh, wherever I'm at. I think it goes down easy. It's got nice flavor. Uh, I can tell that I'm drinking beer and not just slamming some macro bullshit. Um, I enjoy it. I don't. I, I, I'm gonna go. I liked. I liked Irish Hello a little better. The oh, Irish yeah, Hello, so I, I really enjoyed. Uh, that was really good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three six on this beer. Okay. Three point six on this beer. Yeah. I mean, Sarah? that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> it is, but my opinion Market is fact. Zero. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm Ooh. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I like this beer a lot. Um, as it's been sitting out a little bit and warming up, there's absolutely no hint of diacetyl, which is a really common flaw in lagers. So I like to see that. You know, this is perfect. Um, I'm going to give it... I would like to go back, because I, I didn't really realize, like, the intricacies of y'all's rating system. I want to go back and give Irish Hello a 3.9. Okay. Can I revise? Yeah. Is that allowed? You, you can. Yeah, yeah. It's your first time on the show. You're right. allowed to do anything you want. Anything. Yeah, yeah anything. Anything. No. Well, I don't want to get arrested, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am going to give this beer a 3.85. 3.85. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. Nice. That's a solid freaking score, man. That is a solid freaking score. Yeah. So far, it's so good for St. Arnold. I don't know that St. Arnold's really ever done bad on the show. We had uh, Aaron Inkrot. Uh, do you know Aaron? I do know Aaron. So Aaron, Aaron, we've officially tabbed as the beer czar of Houston. 
Um, no. He has been on the show. In fact, that was a that was a busy day. We had the beer czar and the tortilla czar of Houston in the hot tub at the exact same time. Oh, we man. were drinking uh, barrel aged French press and La Ranchera and, tequila. And eating, uh, oh, we had a shot of tequila too. We were eating uh, tortillas or butter smothered tortillas at the same time. Uh, it didn't it didn't get much more Houston than that. Oh, oh that man. was a beautiful day. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to work we'll with the beer czar of Houston. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm pretty cool excited. stuff. That's pretty cool. Stuff. I, and, and I want to I want to point out like. We've never had anybody go, as this warms up, I don't taste any diacetyl. Like, I love the fact that we have a lab tech uh, point of view on the show for the first time ever because there's things being brought up in the ratings that we haven't brought up before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. Thanks again, Sarah, for coming. We're going to yeah. take a quick break. We got uh, two more St. Arnold beers that we're going to rip through with Sarah, the lab tech. Welcome back to Hot Sub Beers, where uh, Vince is about to do a beer called. Steve French put a cat on the front. Oh, I thought you were meowing for a minute. He goes, meow. <laughs> do pumas meow? What? Do pumas meow? I don't know. I think they do. They do? That's really cute. I think I think almost all the big cats like uh, have like the purr mechanism, and I think they have some sort of meowing. So I guess meow. You're thinking like a small meow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe not. Isn't, uh, isn't meowing though? It's not for. It's, it's, it's for babies. Domesticated, it's domesticated cats meow to their owners, right? And their babies. So yeah. we're basically dumb babies. Yeah. Oh, nice. Dumb babies. Dumb babies. That feed them and take them to the vet. I'm a cat stepfather, not yeah. a cat person. Yeah. I a understand. cat stepfather? Yes, they're Diana's cats. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm a dog father. Yeah, a cat stepfather. He births dogs. He births them. That might be the dog mother. That might be the best quote we've got from you the entire time we've been on Otto beers. Dog father. I'm a dog father. I know the cat stepfather is better. I think that's hilarious. So okay, so Vince is a cat stepfather, but you're you're a cat mother. Um, no, I no because I. I I am not a cat, so I do not reproduce and make more cats. Man. But I do. I am a cat servant. Oh, oh, okay. Somebody yeah. who's truly given so, into the way. All right, yeah, yeah. So, so tell us, tell us more about being a cat servant. So uh, I have a. I don't know if y'all know anything about cats. Um, they not say much. that some coat colors uh, come with certain attitudes. My cat is a tortoise shell. And uh, which basically she's uh, orange and black, and it's all modeled and brindled together. Uh-huh. It's really cute. But they they have something that people call tortitude, because you know torty torty attitude. Okay. She's oh. very demanding. She's very loving. She hardly ever bites me, but she's very very demanding. <laughs> hardly she, ever. She needs to be on me, like either me holding her or on my lap. I actually went and bought one of those like baby wrap scarf carrier things at a consignment sale. So that I could cook breakfast without her screaming at me. So I just got her like tied onto my body like a little papoose baby. I love this. You're committed. Oh no, and it, it's it's beautiful. It's quiet. She she doesn't otherwise she's under my feet screaming and it's yeah. It's just not peaceful. Vince, do you ever strap your step cats to your body? Sarah knows my feeling about cats. <laughs> uh, the 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 thing about cats for me are they're biggest selling point is they shit in a box yep you know that is a big selling point i'll be honest they shit in a box and they don't give a fuck about you yeah hey you know what i could come to your house and shit in a box and you could you know call me your cat 
just, uh, we had a we had an episode that was similar to that with uh, Tim Hilby, yeah. where we uh, talked about Upper Deckers. Oh, Vince Deckers. just got a new beer. Yeah, Dubison Scaldus Noel. Yeah, ooh, Scaldus Noel. Imperial Christmas Ale. That sounds wonderful. oh. All right, Jake, is that like an Imperial Porter? I have no idea what it is. It's twelve percent. That just happened. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh yeah. So yes, Diana. Oh. Diana is the takes care of the cats, and I t- I take care of Lemmy, and she takes care of Lemmy, probably more than me. But you know. So what you're saying is Diana takes care of everyone. She, yeah. Well, she takes care of me. Well, you're included <laughs> in everyone. Yeah. 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 Nurture. But what about you, Jake? You got any cats at home? I'm actually extremely allergic. Are you? Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. So we we don't we've never had cats at the house. Okay, so we 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 uh we tried this. We tried having cats at the house. Boom. My mom killed my last cat. What? I feel like that's a story Mary would never. Yeah, she did. How'd she kill your cat? It took at least fifteen years for me to get her to admit to it too. Uh, we had a do? we had a, a cat that was just absolutely so hairy, so th- so thick and tufted that she went to go wash the cat one day, and the cat was losing her shit. So she gave her a Benadryl because you can do that with like dogs and other animals to yeah. calm them down. You cannot do that with cats. Half half a Benadryl. Yeah, no, you cannot do it with cats. Can't they were cats. so that cat. Yeah, we we had a we had a small kitten once. All right, okay, so my yeah. daughter that I was talking about earlier for some reason. Cats can't stand her. Like, and they'll be the, this is the gentlest cat in the world, and then it scratches my daughter. The 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 crux that when we knew this was absolutely true, we take her to the Houston Zoo, right? We go to the tiger exhibit. Oh, the the tiger turns tail and pisses on the glass in front of Grace. Oh my God! And, and I was like, all right, Love Grace, we're, we're never having cats. Now she's she she lives in San Antonio. She's going to grad school out there, and she wants a cat to keep her company. I'm like, no, dear, I'm sorry, I don't I don't trust a cat alone with you. <laughs> I, I, it's just that's just how I, I, I don't know. She's she's over there. She's twenty two years old by herself. I don't want her living alone with a cat. Time to get a dog. Time to get a dog. I guess. Time to get a dog. Hashtag not all cats. Not all cats. Hashtag not all cats. All right. Uh, so we 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 were talking on the break, and we got into an interesting conversation that I kind of want to share. Um, so in this industry now, we're seeing a bunch of. THC beverages popping up, right? right? But there's a different level. So if we're on quality control, there's there's no alcohol in that beverage. So what does quality control and lab work look like in that aspect? So you definitely, you have to, first off, you kind of are looking for different things. Um, when you're looking at the non-alcoholic beverages, you don't, you're not looking for beer spoilers. You're looking for anything that's in there. So you have something called a total aerobic count, which is basically counting like how many aerobic microorganisms are there in a mill of this and you know like like if you you absolutely have to use preservatives you can't just be making like sodas with sugar and nothing in them because even if it's not something a pathogen in there you can absolutely get a wild yeast that eats up all that sugar and explodes your can or your bottle are you familiar with non-alcoholic beers and i am yeah um, this is. I, I wish we had a lab tech on the last episode we did. Um, how does the the pH um, affect non-alcoholic beers and storing methods? So pH is pretty critical to control, even more so for non-alcoholic beers. 
uh, because they have so much, for most of them, they have so much residual sugar left in them. And there's the potential for, without the alcohol, you can have something pathogenic in there. Yeah. And you think about who's drinking a non-alcoholic beer, it might be somebody who's more vulnerable, maybe somebody who's pregnant. If you get listeria in there, like that's the end of it. So oh, wow. you need more acid in... So I, the best thing to do, honestly, is, you know, like, don't skimp on your preservative and pasteurization. You absolutely have to have a, not just a flesh, you need, like, a good, like, tunnel pasteurizer if you're going to be serious about making non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Like, there's no way around it. So do you think um, there is concern about smaller breweries doing non-alcoholic? Absolutely, yeah. That is something that I think about. Okay. That's a I went to a, a presentation by Fermentus, which is a yeast company, and they came up with some yeast that eat up the sugar and don't produce alcohol. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but uh, they were doing a presentation at the Craft Brewers Conference, and, you know, there's some people in the audience saying, well, you know, like, well, I've never had a problem with this or this or this. And the guy said, well, you know, it only takes one time. Like, mm-hmm. this is yeah. not something to play with. Yeah. If you're not if you're not able to do it right, you you just should not do it at all. Yeah, you could seriously injure. You can you like can that. yeah like even if there's not a pathogen, if it referments and pressurizes, you've got exploding cans, exploding bottles. Like it's it's a legitimate danger. Has anything ever exploded on you in a brewery? Um, well, I've had cans that are pretty excited. Yeah. You know, I came in also one time. I had a, a really old hazy IPA that I was just saving for shelf life, but it was like really old. <laughs> and I came in one morning, and the, the the top of the can had blown off. Oh, really? And there was beer everywhere. The top of a can—that's actually new. I've seen bottles explode, but I've never seen a can. So oh, basically, the seam explode. the seam failed. Yeah. It was under a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's great. Home home brewing. I blew up blew up several bottles. I believe that out of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it didn't happen all the time. I like it, it was not a common occurrence to me. But it was—I want to say it was maybe one or two batches out of all the batches I brewed. Uh, I had a few exploding bottles. So you want to talk about what we're drinking? With? I, I do want to talk about what we're drinking. So this is this is one of the old old school St. Arnold ones. Yeah. You might have more information on this one than I do. So it's named after an old ship, the the Alyssa. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't have more information on it. You don't have more information? No, I don't. Um, you know, when I was volunteering at the brewery and when I was basked in the culture of St. Arnold, mm-hmm. I I liked Alyssa, but it was never my go-to. I think at the time I was more into Winter Stout, Springbok, and um, maybe Lawnmower. No, I was more of a Summer Pills guy at the time. Okay, uh, but you know, I think we all tie in different thoughts to different beers and and how they relate to you and for me with Alyssa it was always Sailing Santa uh, Christmas Ale and Alyssa blended together okay mm-hmm. and it's a fantastic beer and I, I I mean I'm so happy that they actually bottled that and put it out into the market but it was uh, when they did Endeavor and Christmas Ale mixed together doing the um, Rocket Santa that was just such a fantastic beer and obviously Endeavor is no longer around but man that was just that was that was the best that is kind of interesting. I think when uh, when Sarah's for Sarah's future workmate, uh, WWE former WWE superstar Jacob Baker, um, came and did the promotion at Thistle with Christmas Sale that one year, and, and, and yeah, we were, yeah, it was yeah, it was Art Car, and they were they were creating those. I think it was a cruising Santa with Art Car and Christmas yeah. Sale, and then you had the sailing Santa with a list and Christmas Sale. I thought that was interesting. I enjoyed the. The, the combining of beers. I think the other time that we did that, we were over at uh, Five Stones. 
Well, your yeah. boy Justice was doing that. Yeah. Justice the Red-Headed Brewer. Yeah. Yeah. He really loves his English beer. He does love his English beer. I think I remember y'all getting into an argument about English malt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was Mary's a great Mary Sauter. Mary Sauter? Yeah. That is the answer to any question about English malt. Yeah. No, it, that that wasn't actually the argument. What was the argument? I... No, oh. we won't do that now. That was a long day. Yeah. So we, 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 <laughs> we drank beer lot. in the square downtown New Braunfels. Uh... Did an episode, went had lunch, did another episode, and then we're like, let's drive to uh, Five Stones Brewery with the pool in the back of the truck. So we did that, um, and we just pulled up like we owned the place, and they started bringing us beer, and it was it was fantastic. That sounds like a great day. It was it was a very great day. Then we drove our. Asses sounds like you maybe don't remember home. parts of that day. Um, I don't. There are parts that are a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. I, for for some reason, we felt comfortable driving home. We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we, we, we spent it. we spent quite a bit of time afterwards cooling down. We did, we did cooling down, uh, hanging out with Kelly. Yeah, yeah, like Kelly, Kelly Meyer, Kelly motherfucker Meyer, who now does a podcast, and I'm trying to scoop him, right? So yeah. he does a podcast based on breweries that have shut down mm-hmm. and how you know what what happened and what the whole deal. He sold New Braunfels Brewing Company. Um, we're trying to get James Carlisle on. Oh yeah! And talk about what went down, and we're going to scoop <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. All right, so this is this IPA. So, 100% Cascade hops. What do you think about this IPA? I will say English IPA is not. I, can you call this an English IPA with Cascade hops? I mean, it's got the malt backbone, but an English. It interpreted English Texas adjacent. Interpreted? Yeah, English if there's adjacent. anything I know about like the that. American brewing industry, is you can call it whatever the hell you want to well, call it. That's true. You really yeah. can because yeah. this is America. Yeah. We have freedom. Yeah, yeah it's not and really it, a lie if you know we believe it. Yeah, like Imperial Porters. Jake doesn't believe Imperial Porters exist as a brewer. I think it's a lie. I think it would. It would. It's a body question, and uh, maybe like uh, like. Porter versus stout, you got like a different balance of like darkness and roastiness. Yes. But again, like the lines are kind of blurred. You know, at some point it's just dark, strong beer. Yeah. yeah. So is it 11.7% Imperial Porter? A porter? Well, let me get let me get my guidelines out. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> the answer where's is my, no. Where's my uh, GBF guidelines? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, this is a good beer. Yeah, it is, is good beer. It's, it's, it's kind of bready. There is a there is a nice hop profile on it that that it does feel like I'm drinking an IPA. But like you said with the English IPA, it is a little bit more bready. It is a little bit more malty in the background. Um, I, I would equate this to, I guess, what we would call a West Coast, but take the dank out of it mm. and the pine um, and, and the pine out of it, and just put like this slight citrus hop profile on the back end. Yeah, that's that's how I would describe it to. To somebody who's not here drinking with me. Yeah, I, I think this just kind of equates to something along the lines of like a, a classic um, American IPA or English-style American IPA. It's just there's English something... English-style American IPA. Yeah, I mean, it's just something so classic about it. The malt is not overwhelming. It's very well balanced. The bitterness is uh, pointed without being overwhelming. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's the classic version of an IPA. It is a classic version of an IPA. I'm going to have another sip as we go out of it. Um, Yeah, this is a great beer. Uh, It's usually not one of my go-to styles, but this is very, very well done. I like the Cascade. Like, it's it's clean, and you still get that malt without it being too heavy or syrupy. Okay, so I'm glad you mentioned that. As as you... you, I love your depth of experience, right? So you've, you've come in... 
pointed a whole different direction. Then you come into the brewing industry. Your first experience is volunteer quality control. Then you get into quality control and brewing. Okay. Then you're brewing. Now you're go to quality control at Eighth Wonder. Now you're moving into lab tech at uh, St. Arnold's. Mm-hmm. We're drinking their beer. <laughs> um, I don't know why I forgot. Okay. So as you're looking at this, you mentioned your go-to style. With your depth of experience in the industry and looking at it through all different windows, what's your go-to style? What's the one that you enjoy? Honestly, it depends on the day. I'm very fickle. Are um, you? you know, sometimes I'm in the, in the mood for a light lager. Sometimes I want like a big, heavy stout. Are there any um, beers that came across the line that you had to quality control or you're like, fuck yeah, I get to quality control that one today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which ones? Um, so, like, not to toot Vince's horn, but his horn is very tootable. Um. <laughs> Amen <laughs> on that. I love that. Vince, I need to come um, toot your horn. Sabotage is a fucking beauty. I love that beer. Okay, okay, Sabotage. I don't remember that one specifically. So that one was, uh, it was, a. Uh, I think it ended up being around 8 or 9%. It was milk stout. Okay. Oh shit! But it wasn't. It I wasn't overly one. sweet, you know. Okay. So it was. Inter- it was really interesting. And that makes sense. Okay, so I tasted Night Cobra, and 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 I hadn't had because Night Cobra is another rebranded beer. Okay, uh, I didn't drink a lot or or any of the original one, but I drank Night Cobra live uh, not too long ago. Yeah. Okay, it is a milk stout here. That's Vince's formula. Um, I, I would completely agree with you. That makes sense. Like, it wasn't... I was expecting a beer with lactose to be sweet and have a heavier body. Yeah, I mean, it was it a didn't. little bit sweet, but not too sweet. No, 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 no. It just was just enough sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the sugar bomb or, like, a milk stout that you're used to. It was... Right. It, 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 I, I, I don't know. To me, on that beer, the lactose was used as an accent as opposed to a main character. Right, yeah, it added more to the body than anything, almost. So, lax, la, uh, excuse me, milk stouts are one of your favorite styles? Um, again, right? I don't again, like them too fickle. sweet, and it depends. Yeah. It really depends, you know? Like, I'm not ashamed to say that I picked up some Coors Banquets from H-E-B yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got Lone Star sitting in the cooler. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the Lone Star is, uh, that's, those, those cowards won't sponsor us. Bunch cowards. Of, bunch of fucking cowards. Cowards. Uh, they won't do it. Uh, but that has been the official palate cleanser of the uh, of the hot tub beer for a very nice. long time now. But yeah, okay, so you mentioned it's gonna be like something where I'm like, oh fuck yeah, absolutely, I'm getting that if I see it on a menu. Smoke beer. Smoked beer. Smoked beer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So they, well, those bring me a lot of joy. Do they really? They so do. you're like a big Grudziski fan and all that. Oh yeah. I tried that a shotgun awesome. one once and it did not go well. Yeah. Because uh, I, I like to let them warm up a little bit, and Grodz is very, very, very carbonated from mm-hmm. Live Oak. And so I got beer on me, I got beer on the cat, all over my patio. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it so was you- embarrassing. And of course, I got it, you know, mostly on video. So. Oh, Super that's even better. Oh, even was that a part of Robbie's the, shotgun? Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, nice. You were part of the shotgun group. I was, group. yeah. Oh, hopefully you don't remember me. There were a lot of videos. Yeah. Yeah, Jake did It kind of went downhill uh, once those girls started uh, shotgunning White Claws in their bathtub. Yeah. They were shotgunning White Claws in a bathtub? Yes, they were. In bikinis. Yeah, so there was... There was there, I, I did it a bikini. Sounds weird. You well, it's okay. Bikini. Like, if you're doing it, it's obviously funny. Yeah, well, I, I, I had a couple beers at work, um, and I got home, and somebody had posted... Uh, I think Sarah posted a video that said... 
if Priscilla can shotgun in a bikini, so can I. And then I got on there and I was like, well, if Sarah can shotgun in a bikini, so can I. And not, I not this Sarah. No, 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 not you. Another Different one. Sarah. Another one. Just want to clarify for the uh, listeners. Yeah, I, I, I got a little traction on that one. I mean, I literally borrowed Allison's bikini and like had to like tuck myself in to do it. And uh, yeah. in the words of Paris Hilton, that's hot. That's hot. Yeah, it was not. It was not. Uh, it was not hot. But that that group got out of bounds really quickly. And so we we've talked about reinstating that at some point, but through hot tub beers, but we haven't done it yet. No, no. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can. I think the magic might be gone. Yeah, magic yeah, might yeah. be gone. Because plus now we can do in person shotguns. There's no need for that. Yeah. There is no. That, yeah, that's true. That that arises out of a need through COVID. You know, like everybody was so lonely. It, it really filled a, a need for socializing. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So I did have a question about uh, lab work. So obviously you're going to have to do taste paneling on beer. Is that required every lab session that you do, or is that more outsourced, or kind of what what where does uh, a taste panel fit into the process? So this is one of the reasons I'm really, really excited to work at St. Arnold. They actually have a really strong employee sensory program. Mm -hmm. So like every, you know, like I think employees do it, general employees do it like maybe every other week. Yeah. But they have this really neat program called Draft Lab where you can put in the, uh, like, you know, like your true to brand profile. You put in all your attributes that a brand is supposed to have and people can rate a beer you know, they, they try it. Either you're doing, like, is this true to brand? Is How aged is this taste? There's just a huge amount of power. And with St. Arnold having so many employees, that really expands your ability to do a panel. Yeah. So taste testing uh, at 8th Wonder, like, I was doing sensory sessions a few times a week. Um, St. Arnold does it, I think, on Fridays. If I, But I'm not sure if they might do it other days of the week too yeah but yeah that's absolutely like you should be tasting your beer multiple times through the fermentation process like constantly yeah because there's you know like there's almost no excuse for getting a beer into a can and then realizing oh this doesn't taste right mm-hmm. i'll agree with that that's pretty cool processes so you're saying uh saint arnold does that with the employees as they yes know? yeah that's pretty cool so they train the employees um everybody's got a common vocabulary that they use we know that okay we know that Alyssa is this and this and this. And they can, you know, so everybody's using the same language, which is really important. Because one person's citrusy could be another person's something else. Yes. Yes. That's so it's, pretty cool. it's really important to have everybody on the same page. And I think St. Arnold has done a great job with that. And I'm excited to become part of that program. I didn't realize they were doing that. That's 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 really, really cool. So the employees are even in yeah. on making yeah. sure that the beer is consistent from day in and day out. Because if you want it to be, you know, like statistically significant, you can't do it with one person. Yeah. Yep. Like maybe that one person is having an off week. Maybe this one person is blind to a certain off flavor. Like you have to have a big team to do this properly. That's pretty cool. Hell yeah. That's yeah. awesome that, that, that you got that going and that you're excited about being a part of it. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I'm glad you found a spot that you're excited about uh, going and working. Yeah, I'm excited too. Okay. That being said, let's rate their beer. The Alyssa IPA. Zero to four. This Don't is your you. turn, Sarah. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. It's your turn. You're going first. Where are you rating this? Zero to four. Industry standard. No humility. I'm going to give this a 3.83. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why is that? I mean, it's, again, like, it's not my go-to style, but it's done really, really well. Yes. Again, like, no no off-flavors. Sometimes with, like, 
English IPAs, like depending on the yeast strain, you can get a little, little like touch of diacetyl. This is warming up, no diacetyl, which is great in my book. Yeah. Otherwise, it becomes a caramel bomb, and that's just gross. Okay. Nobody wants to drink caramel hops. Agreed. Yeah, I think this is a this is a really well done beer. It's beautiful. It's just completely clear. It is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with you. I think I think it is a beautiful beer. I I, I like the flavor on this beer. It, it tastes to me like a hopped up English mild, uh, like we talked about earlier. Maybe uh, just a West Coast with more bready uh, and less dank. Uh, there's there's different ways to describe this beer, but it is a unique type of IPA. Um, I enjoy drinking it. I, I I don't know that I'll go as 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 high as you just because I. Like my IPA is a little bit different, but uh, yeah, I'm the guy that it's a great example of an English IPA, but I'm not a fan of English IPAs, so zero. Uh, no, not a zero. I go, I go three six. I enjoy this beer. This is a beer that I would still continue to pick up. This is a beer I would still continue to drink, still continue to share with friends. Yeah, you know, maybe because it's been a long time since I've had this beer. Um, if I had the option tomorrow on Art Car or Alyssa. I'd pick Alyssa right away. Um, yeah, and that's, that, that is kind of um, a hot take for sure. That is uh, a hot mo- take. Most people will pick Art Car. Yeah, I would. mean, it shows in the sales. It shows in the community. Um, Art Car is a staple. But Alyssa, it's just been so long. Uh, gosh, I'm going to go 3.85. It's 3.5. such a nice. well-balanced beer. Um, I really enjoy the level of bitterness on it. I really, I don't know, I just really enjoy it. Um, it is kind of a maltier style of IPA, but it's not a malt bomb. It's not Agreed. aggressive. It's not. Yes. Um, it's not over the top. It's just such a well balanced beer. I think three point eight five is a it suits. Well, I think I think this is going back to and and we've we've interviewed several people from from uh, St Arnold, and it, it's kind of cool getting Sarah's perspective because even though she hadn't even like spent a day on a job. Uh, We'd never been talked to about about the uh, the fact that they're brought in on the beer tasting and the employees are used to help keep it consistent. I think that's 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 huge. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I think that's a huge contribution as to why they've been so consistent and why they've been great and been able to expand uh, mm. here in the Houston area and on the state and national level. Um, yeah, it's pretty fucking phenomenal. Yeah. So we're gonna take a break here in just a minute and we're going to come back with a little bit of Houston history right and I'm not pouring I'm giving everybody a can of the best beer in former early Houston, Texas so we're going to determine whether it's the best beer in current Houston, Texas St. Arnold's Grand Prize when we come back so I actually have a really funny story about Are you looking for a house with a hot tub so you can be just like us? If so, you need to call Hugh Height, the Texas beer realtor. He's a craft beer fan looking to help out his fellow hopheads any way he can with their real estate needs. That's Hugh Height, txbeerrealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Okay. All right, welcome back. So we're about to uh, we're about to get into a little bit of Houston history. Jake this is the grand prize of beers. Yeah. Seems like a grand prize. It is a grand prize. It's a grand prize for, for everybody involved. So this this beer... Okay, so there are tons of stories going out around about this beer. Uh, I don't know what's true, what isn't, but 
this was supposedly an original beer brewed in Houston. Uh, was it Hughes Tool Company owned the building? And there was, I can't remember, you said the name of the brewer. What was the name of the brewer? Well, I can't pronounce one of them, but one of the other one was Howard Hughes. The other one was, uh, the brewmaster was, uh, gosh, I can't pronounce it. It's France H. Brognes? Brognes? That's very Brog- close. Um, Brog. I gotta take my glasses off to read. That's how old. Uh, Brognes. Brognes. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if that's close at all. No, it's not. Um, but this beer won best beer in the world in the 1930s, 40s, sometime post prohibition. Yeah, it was 1933 at uh, in the Gulf Brewing Company. Gulf Brewing Company, 1933. Yeah. So I've heard and it was done in the the Howard Tool Company's. Uh, building, and this is a recreation of that same recipe. Mm-hmm. Houston beer history by the oldest craft brewery in the state of Texas, St. Arnold. I'm going to be honest; I don't even know if I should rate this one. This is the third one I've had in less than a week. You're going to rate it, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no, there's no questions here. You don't, you're yeah. not getting out of this. It tastes like golf. It tastes like golf, which oh. is actually a great great way of saying wow it. this tastes like very bad decisions yeah like golf <laughs> yeah what did you also jump off the roof of a golf cart shout out to the bonus reel at the end of this episode oh <laughs> shout out to the bonus reel <laughs> i've done a lot of dumb things I, I i don't even know uh i don't even know at the end of the day it's like a poor man like me uh playing a rich man sport not like me uh drinking this you know it is oh my gosh yeah this is I, this is one of those ones. I think I think I think Sarah's, Sarah hit the nail on the head. It tastes like bad decisions. You can sit here hold and my beer, beer and watch this. Correct. This is correct. that beer. Yes, I think I hit like three houses with golf balls yesterday. So I mean, yeah, it, it checks out. We'll get we'll get more into the beer itself in in just a little bit. But Sarah, I want to get back to you. So we're fixing to start a new job on Monday. We're getting deeper into this lab tech career um, as you're going on with Houston Breweries. Where where is Sarah headed? Like, are you? Do you see yourself retiring at St. Arnold? I mean, you know, St. Arnold does have a reputation for keeping its employees for a very, very long time. Yes, it you also know? has a reputation for spinning off other breweries off of their employees as well. Zero chance of me starting a brewery. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Zero. Zero. What if we? What if we? Okay, so me and Jake are going to talk to you later. Can we? Can we talk about like the? Uh, um, Intensity of that question. Hey, we know you start uh, a new job tomorrow. Do you plan on retiring there? You I'm know, sorry. Like Brock, I'm sorry. I didn't mean intense. to. When Brock interviewed me. He's like, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" I'm like, "Ah, okay, okay." Oh. Where'd you, how'd you answer that one? Uh, I told him like food safety or you know like like industrial safety. Like you know, not saying I'm going to leave St. Arnold, but that, that's a hard question. You know, like yeah. what am I what am I going to learn in the next five years? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I could lose both my legs in an accident and not be able to be in a lab anymore. I don't know. Oh, don't say that. We don't want you to lose your legs in an accident and lose, lose access to a lab. Uh, because, obviously, you're doing great things. You're keeping us safe. Well, I mean, beer is an inherently safe product. I'm, I'm keeping your taste buds happier. You are keeping our taste buds happier, and we thank you for that, Sarah. So, I guess I, maybe the question was misworded, right? So, maybe not specifically at St. Arnold's, but in the craft beer industry, um, doing quality control, doing lab work and that aspect of it. Is that something that you see yourself doing or do you see yourself branching out into other areas of food safety? Um, you know, that, that's a difficult one. Like I, I 
don't see myself going into sales. I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. I, I do like analyzing. I like testing. But I also like planning. I like writing SOPs. I like making sure every all the safety rules are being followed. You like, know? Vince just whispered, it's really fucking good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I just outed Vince's whisper. It was in my ear. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no worries. Yeah, so I think I really... St. Arnold is a really great opportunity for me to kind of figure out more, you know, do I want to get out of the lab? I don't yeah. see myself getting out of the lab anytime soon, but if I have the opportunity to go more into their safety side or their, you know, like looking at compliance and stuff like that, who knows? Yeah. So... As, as, as somebody who started out going towards this uh, bio-counter-terrorism area, and now you're in craft beer in Houston, um, how have you, I don't want to say embrace, how have you been embraced by, but like, how, how have you adapted to the community? Do you, do you feel like, I feel like the, the craft beer community and counter-bio-terrorism are on uh, different ends of the spectrum. Like, how are you enjoying the community in Houston? Is it something that you've latched onto? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the most part, the community in Houston is so welcoming. You know, everybody just wants to have a good time. Everybody just wants to be happy. Of course, we want to make good beer in the process, but there's not a lot of competition and backstabbing, which I really enjoy. Yeah. You know, you talk to people and everybody wants everyone to do well. Yeah. You know, we're in this together. That's the spirit of it. That's okay. uh, in- indicative of the uh, Houston craft beer scene for sure. Yeah. Uh, when you start talking sales in other cities, it is a lot more cutthroat. It's a lot less friendly. But for Houston, our community has always been strong. And I, I hope that never changes. Yeah, 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 I think that is one of the things that... Uh, and Houston's a unique place. I'll be real honest with that. Like, like um, yeah. I think visiting other places, it's not as unique as Houston. In Houston, we kind of band together. Not that other people are against each other, but there's a, I don't know, maybe it's just because from the general area, it just feels like home, and it feels safe, and it feels comfortable, it feels fun. And now you mentioned that you are from the DFW area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, We call that yeah. South Oklahoma here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I do. I am fond of Dallas. I am. Are you? Yeah. Okay, so Dallas Brewery. What's your favorite one? Manhattan Project. Hands oh down. my goodness, Manhattan Project. That, that's that's one of the few that we've rated very highly on the on the show. Um, yeah, South Oklahoma beer hasn't always really hit well on the show, but Manhattan Project has done well. They just announced self distribution for Houston, so we should start seeing them pop no up shit. around. That's oh, exciting. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah, they do some good stuff. And they have a, just a beautiful facility. How do you feel about Martin House? I am a Martin House fan girl. I gotta say, are you really? I am. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. Martin House, what do you what do you liking from Martin House? What what's what's what are you going I mean, in and grabbing? Pickle beer's always good. Really? Yeah. Oh, this, this is, is where I wish we had Kelly. I actually, okay. uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I was at their tap room uh, last August for my sister's birthday, and okay. they had on a keg of mustard pickle beer. Oh my goodness! And it I was a monstrosity, like and it was delicious. Really? Yes. Oh my! Goodness. It was like cloudy and weird. They had to shake up the keg first, and it was so good. I think. Mustard belongs in more alcoholic beverages. Are you serious? Yeah. No, I'm a mustard fan. I'm not a Bayo guy. I'm a mustard guy. Well, you know, the Blind Finch has a drink called the Celine Dijon. I saw Ooh. that when I was in there. The Celine Dijon. Yeah. That's yeah. I good. didn't. I didn't try it. I had an. I had an old crow, old pal when I was in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, next time you're in, try I, the Celine I do love Dijon. House, like they're they're shameless. Like yeah. they know exactly what they're doing. How do you feel about the Puppy Chow beer? It wasn't bad. 
Mm, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. You said you didn't like the the pastry stuff. Okay, like they have their place, right? Like yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna co- seek them out. But if somebody has the can and they're gonna give me a three ounce pour of it, yeah. like yeah, absolutely, okay, I'll try so, it. All right, so there's an interesting concept, and I don't mean to get completely off the rails, but we have a brewery in town who has had their last day yesterday. Yep. Okay, and they do a lot of off the wall stuff. Um, not, I, I don't think they go as extreme as Martin House. But there's a sense of, all right, we're going to create these crazy things, and they're going to sell, and that's how we're going to stay in business, right? Martin House has, I mean, up until this point, successfully achieved that. Do you think that that small batch, one-off stuff creates such a following that's, that it's sustainable? Oh, man, I'm, I'm not an expert in economics. I think it really depends on your local market. Like, if you have people that are willing to come out and get that stuff every week, every time it comes out, you have, like, a really loyal and big customer base, and you have enough distribution that it works. Like, Martin House, you can find all their stuff here in Houston, too. Yeah. Would you, would you drive to Dallas for mustard pickle beer? If they were selling it in cans, I would be tempted, but I do have family there. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of make <laughs> so it you into a hack. trip. A little you, leg up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little leg up. You said yes? You would drive out there? No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No, absolutely not. I no. don't drive anywhere for beer. I don't know if y'all ever tried their, their pizza beer. I did. Oh, it, it was underwhelming. It tastes just like the packets and the Lunchables pizza. Yes. I thought and it was I underwhelming. It. I thought there wasn't enough it. Was, it. it was just weird. No, no, no. I thought, I, I thought it would taste like marinara sauce. Yeah, it tasted like no. straight oregano. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's only one brewery that I'll ever wait in line for for a release. And what is um, that? Copperhead. Uh, their lines are not aggressive, and you can drink while you're in line. You can drink um, while you're in line? Yeah. Find out, uh, actually, I'm going to go ahead and pull the date for you. 24th or 25th? Uh, 26th. 26th. So Friday the 26th, we got a Night of Terrors, which is a fun night. If you ever get a chance to go down there, I highly recommend it. We're, we'll be down there drinking King of Terrors, which probably will clock in around 15 16% coffee stout oh from Copperhead goodness. up in Conroe. And it's a full night of fun. They do raffles. Uh, they got ping pong out there. They got food. Uh, that's that's the one I'll go to. But driving to another city, y- you probably won't catch me unless I already had plans to go out there. So yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned Copperhead because Copperhead has a beer akin to Grand Prize. Yep, select. that is an old Houston recipe that is Copperhead Select. Mm-hmm. Right. So if 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 this this type of thing excites you to where it's like very uh, Houston esque type of beers steeped in the culture of Houston, uh, Copperhead does them down there too. And in fact. Well, Seth's brother still works at St. Arnold's, correct? Yep. And I don't think he plans on leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he might be one that retires at St. Arnold's. What's Seth's brother's first name? Oh, you just had to put me on the spot. I had to put you on the spot. <laughs> Justin? Justin. That's that's exactly right. Justin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Justin works at St. Arnold's, correct? Her dog. Her dog. Her dog. Yeah. Oh, he's a fun guy. I've met him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great dude. Great yeah, we were dude. Talking about, we were talking about Seth and the link between... Uh, Copperhead Select and Grand Prize. Wait, 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 wait. He has a he has a logger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth he's has a logger. Yeah, he's got a light logger. Copperhead Select. Oh, wow. so, I didn't know that. He pulled it from old brew logs from another old Houston brewery. Got you. So yep. that supposedly won a won a prestigious award as well. Gotcha. Yeah, Copperhead yeah. Select's a fantastic huh. beer. It got. Well, me we have to COVID. bring you some Copperhead Select next time we come. I know the. Back in the day when I was still at St. Arnold, somebody brought me uh, brew sheets from uh, Jack's Brewing, 
brewing in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, and uh, they were like, can you make this? I'm like, well, we can make it, but, you know, we're not going to have like a, uh, it's not going to be perfect because yeah. I'm sure they had two different, two different, they had like an adjunct cooker or whatever, kind of like what Shiner has, which would mean that, no, it's not a true Bach. <laughs> <laughs> See, Vince gets me. Vince, yeah. Vince gets me. Because, yes, you're using adjuncts instead of all barley. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe some coloring. So did you did you make the beer? No. No, we never made the beer. I can't even find the, the recipe anymore. What was the name of the beer? Do you remember? I can't remember. It was something but it from was Jack's, Jack's. It was Jack's yeah. Brewing. And that's one of the old, old ones in New, in New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Is there so as as craft beer evolves, is there a market for that? Like finding these old historical recipes and and bringing them to light. If it's a good beer, good, beer, a good beer sell sells. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Good quality, good consistency. It's yeah, gonna sell. It doesn't matter what era. You know, I like the idea that craft brewing is getting back toward the the more traditional styles. Yeah. Than to like, hey, we're gonna adjuncts. We're gonna make this beer in space. With no gravity, and we're going to do this to it, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, non-GMO some stuff, and really mess some stuff up with labs. And but how much glitter can you really fit into a beer? Well, yeah, have let's we put answered some that lavender yet? pea powder and some glitter. <laughs> <laughs> Good beer, man. We're not calling out that many breweries. I may oh. or may not have once witnessed a very, very intense, rabid argument about putting glitter in kegs. It traumatized me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, can we, can first, we ask what brewery? Eh, I mean, it, it wasn't ever going to happen, but ah. it was at Galveston Island. You know, when you put glitter in a in a keg, the first five beers are going to be. Glitter full. Yep. And the last five beers are no. just going to be beer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you make it. How you evenly distribute the glitter. I don't know how you do it. Oh. I do know that Southern Star did a glitter beer. Did they? Uh, I'll have to talk to Dave and find out. I've got I've got one in the house. That I got the ingenious Christmas bonus, and I haven't I haven't tried it yet. Kind of holding on to it to, if we glitter, get the chance though. to sit down with. Uh, it's got gold dust in it. Oh, it does. Ooh, That's right. Yeah. It does. It yeah, does. yeah. So like so I, ho- supposedly, hopefully, we could get James Carlisle here on the yeah. uh, February fourth, and and then I would I would like to drink the the uh, gold dust beer with. Yeah, him. yeah, definitely. Which yeah. we do have to do a follow up with Dave and how it's going. With who? Dave. Dave. Southern Southern Star? Yeah. Yeah. Fusion. Fusion. Oh, yeah. He probably needs to come back and talk about what's going on. Yeah, we got to do a follow-up. I mean, they hired a brewer from Germany. Yeah, well, it's the guy that brewed for Black Page. I think he... Oh, I didn't know that. I think he brewed for Klaus. He even had a brewery... I think he brewed for Abita and then had a brewery... See, this is why in I, Louisiana. I want to get the brewer and I want to get Dave in here or uh, Dave and the owner or, or however. I want to I yeah. find out because the story that I was told is they flew in a guy from Germany and housed him in here to brew. Oh. But it's just like, that can't be true. I mean, you're, you're telling me he brewed here in Houston beforehand. I've never met the guy. I've talked to him on the phone. I, if it's the same guy, his, his name is Heinrich and he used to have a brewery called Heinerbrau in Louisiana. Okay, I think I think uh, we got the next. And episode. then I think okay. he went to Black Page. Black Page had good beer. He may have been at Klaus. I don't know. Klaus had good beer. I'm probably lying about all this stuff. 
Well, I guess we'll have to find out. This is the internet. This is a horrible liar. Yeah. So let's add let's add to your tapestry of lies. You got the grand beer, grand prize beer in your hand. What are you What are you thinking? It's fantastic. Is it? I mean, just like Odell, does St. Arnold make a bad beer? (laughs) Jake, that was unrelated. That was unrelated. (laughs) I I don't. I don't. You know what? You you mentioned that. I don't know that I have had a bad beer from uh, from St. Arnold. And it's it's a it's a testament to I guess their their quality control. Their I, I like the the story about the employees testing for uh, consistency of, of taste and everything. Yeah. Um, they put a lot into it. They put a yeah. lot of heart into it. And a lot of you guys have spun off and created your own deal. Like not only do I think that's kind of the I don't know. Looking at college football today, and and you, you equate it. If you have a good program, if you've got a good system, if you've got a good company, those people will grow and branch out and create their own yeah. because they've learned good things. And you can see St. Arnold's footprint all over the Houston area because of that. Not only Houston. I mean, outside of Houston, Austin, uh, and Dallas, Fort Worth area. You know, are there, there are brewers all over the place. Are there any out of state breweries that yeah, have St. Arnold? Uh, what is it? Oh, Josh Mater was uh, a plant manager with Justin there, and he moved to Colorado, and he opened up a brewery. Christian, who worked for St. Arnold Southern Star, he went to Colorado, opened up a brewery. Uh, There's, oh, what's his name? He's in New Mexico, I believe. God, what's his name? He was head brewer for a while. Uh, yeah, the the footprint of St. Arnold, I mean, it's a super successful brewery. It is. You know, not only in sales, but also in quality and metals with, you know, international and, and national brewing competitions. They're absolutely fabulous. Now, is that intimidating hearing? Because you're there to bring them to the next level, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm excited. You know, it's it, obviously they have very, very high standards. They meet those standards, exceed them. Like, it's it's just really inspiring to get to work for an organization like that. Well, it, it's, it, it's kind of cool. You're, you're, you're moving into a spot where you're going to be a part of uh, Houston Brewing History, uh, whether you like it or not, because that place is, is steep not only in Houston but in Texas. Um, and, and you get to go be a part of it. You get to put Absolutely. your stamp on it. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Your name's going to be written in the history books, whether you <laughs> like it or not. <laughs> Hopefully all good things. Speaking of things in the history books, we're sitting here, all three of us are sipping on a can of Grand Prize. What are your thoughts? I think it's great. Um, it's super light, no off flavors. I'm happy with the amount of carbonation. I mean, it is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really good light lager. It is a super light lager. So, it, tasting it out of a can, we're just all drinking out of a can, right? Um, super light, super clean, super crisp. I, I poured it in a glass just so I can get a a view of it it's just like light straw colored it um, is very very light but I, I'll say this and, and I've I've said this before but I enjoy these recreation of old lager brews because right they may be light in body but they're not light in flavor they don't they don't skim it doesn't taste like a little bit of hop water it, it still tastes like great beer yeah 
I'll agree. Well, it says classic American lager on the front of the can, and I couldn't describe it any better. It's just a classic American light lager. It's 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 clean. It's crisp. Uh, it drinks well on a patio with friends. It drinks well on the golf course when it's super wet. It drinks well on the golf course when it is cold. It, um, I think it just drinks well. So if you're rating this on a scale of zero to four, Jake, where is grand prize? This is one of the more tough uh, ratings just because it's like, well, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that I would like to see out of it. It's not the best light lugger I've ever had, but it's 100% absolutely up there. Uh, I'm just going to go 3.95. It's clean. It's crisp. It's beautiful. Well carbonated. No flaws. Um, There's not a long residual flavor on it. I would drink it again. A lot of it. I'm going to agree with you. I think it's one of those to where this is a... uh this is an easy slammer. This is something that you could drink all day long, really enjoy the flavor of, not become overwhelmed by the flavor or bogged down by the body of this beer. I think this is something that is, uh, it's it's an all-day drinker. Uh, and and it's, it's something that uh, I guess you could come in and not feel guilty about drinking an all-day macro beer that's barely beer and water, um, that this, this has amazing flavor. Uh, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of uh, Houston... Houston story tied to it. Uh, so if you're a fan of the city, which most people that live in Houston are a fan of the city, uh, this is a great beer to pick up uh, to spend your Sunday with, especially yeah. at uh, Brash Sunday Metal Fun Day. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I, I forgot to rate. I'll, I'll go just because I like to do Jake a little dirty. I'm gonna go three nine six. This is where I'm at on this one. All right, Sarah. All Last right. rating of the of the session. Last. Where rating. are you gonna be? I think I'm going to give this a 3.87. Oh. All right. It's it's a it's a really really good light lager like you guys have both said, you know, super crushable and Vince. I don't know if y'all caught this but Vince uh, whispered off camera super crushable. Oh, yes. I thought you were saying Vince was crushable. I was like, I well, don't I know. Mean, he is. I mean, look at him. <laughs> Just suplex him, you know. <laughs> no, this is a great great beer, you know, like you, you drink this all day and you would only get a little bit messed up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can still Just find the, the right back door if you're outside on the patio all day long. Yeah. This would be a fantastic pool beer. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. River beer, oh. lake beer, yeah, body yeah. of water beer. Yeah, yes. Snow beer. Snow beer. Yeah, I could drink this in the snow. You could drink it in the snow? Hell yeah, I could. Yeah, you I have to go a little bit farther north. A little north. bit heavier on the you, snow. Okay, yeah, so and, I would and, agree with Sarah on this one. No, I, I, I will not. This is the one. But it's, it, it's like you're wrong. I would want a koozie just to keep my hand warm, you know? Uh, oh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. You I can absolutely. A, you can have a hand koozie. I would drink this in a hurricane. You would drink it in a hurricane? Yeah. Would you drink it? I think everybody. With a fox? Would, would you, you drink, drink it, it in, in a box? box? I would. I would. I would drink it out of the box, too. Yeah. Would if you it, drink it with a whale? Would you drink it in a gale? I think I would. Any other questions? On a train? Yeah. On I a plane? Could. Yeah. In a house? Yeah. With a mouse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think desk. we ran out of rhymes. I, I think we ran out. I'm sure there was. I had that book memorized at one point in my life. With somebody from Klaus? Uh, with somebody from Klaus? Uh, it just rhymed with mouse. It did rhyme with mouse. Yeah. Oh. It's good beer. That's all I wanted it is to good say. Beer. Yeah. 
Hey, Sarah, I want to say thank you uh, for coming out and hanging out with us, two weirdos, and drinking beer with us, uh, for being able to or being willing to uh, rate beer from a brewery that you start with on Monday. Uh, this is fantastic. <laughs> so we're not going to release this till Tuesday morning, so you have a full day to uh, sink your hooks in them uh, before we start releasing this. But man, thank you, and I can't. I'll tell you this uh, from the bottom of our hearts: we wish you luck on this journey with St. Arnold's. Uh, I think it's really cool that you came in uh, as a lab tech. We love that perspective and uh, everything you had to offer today. Great story. Great time, great beer. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've never met either of you before, and this has been so fun. Hey, we'll yeah. have to do it again. That's right. We gotta Tell get your that friends. hot tub figured out. We're gonna get the hot tub figured out, and we're gonna get you in when the weather's still cold. We're gonna have an absolute fucking blast. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah, guys. If you like what you listen to, make sure you're telling all your families and friends. Uh, if you don't like your families and friends, go ahead and send this to them anyway. Uh, make sure that as many people need to get hot tub beers into their ears, get it into their ears as possible. Uh, you can find us on the Insta web. You click on the Insta web on our bio. There is a link that uh, will send you to any podcaster that you listen to, be it iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora. There's also a link there to keep the hot tub warm. If you'd like to financially support us for as little as 99 cents a month or as much as... $50,000. We're looking at you, AB and Bev. $50,000 a month. Or if St. Arnold, if you'd like to donate a case of Grand Crew a month, we will have it be Grand the official... Grand Crew. Grand Crew, Grand Prize. I mean, we'll say Grand Crew. Oh, yeah. Grand, Grand, Grand Crew, Crew as well. Any day. Grand Crew any day, but Grand Prize as the official palate cleanser of hot tub beers because those cowards Lone Star will not sponsor us. Yep. That's just that's all I got to say about cowards. that. Cowards. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Vince, for uh, getting Sarah and making the contact and getting her on the show. And until next time, cheers. And enjoy your hot tub beers, guys. Cheers. Okay, so we're we're here now. We're we're this is a uh, this is probably going to go in as a bonus track. Okay, so we're we're sitting here recording. Vince Vince has come in, Godfather Vince. I think he comes in, he drops in every once in a while. Here's some jerky. Hey, try this beer. Uh, just to contribute to the show, I love how I, I, this has become like a home away from home for hot tub beers, uh, specifically because of Vince. But. As we're tasting Clark's jerky, we're giving him a shout out, even though he didn't give us uh, give us anything. Um, and we're drinking this random Imperial Christmas ale. You had a story, Sarah. I do. So this story is about the uh, namesake of one of the beers we tried, the Alyssa IPA. Okay. This is Galveston, Fourth of July, about I guess four or five years ago at this point. I'm working, and I get a text from Justin Street, who runs Bruce Brothers. He says, Sarah, we're going to go chug some beers. We're going to go chug barley wine on the Alyssa. 
at five o'clock, are you in? And I said, absolutely, yes. I love barley wine and I love chugging. That is awesome. So I show up to Bruce Brothers and he said, okay, here's the plan. What okay. we're going to do is we're going to bring Sierra Nevada Bigfoot, which is an American barley wine. Uh-huh. And we're going to bring J.W. Lee's English barley wine onto the Alyssa. We're going to dump the J.W. Lee's over the side. And then we're going to snorkel chug the bottles of Bigfoot. What's a snorkel chug? So a snorkel chug is with a standard 12-ounce bottle. You take a drinking straw, and you put it up so that the end of the straw is in the headspace of the bottle. And you chug with the bottle just straight up and down. Now, what the straw does is it puts the air down and makes you be able to chug in the bottle faster. It doesn't bubble. Okay. Oh, my goodness. But another facet to the story, obviously, I don't know if you know anything about barley wine, but J.W. Lee's is a beautiful barley wine. Okay. We obviously didn't dump it over the side. We chugged it at Bruce Brothers and then filled up the empty bottles with something else entirely that looked kind of like barley wine. Okay. So we're on the, we're getting onto the Alyssa just completely trashed because of all the barley wine we've already chugged. We do the snorkel chug of Bigfoot, stumble off, and then somebody says, hey, let's go to the golf cart parade. Oh, shit. So Galveston has a golf cart parade for 4th of July on the seawall every year. Okay. And I don't remember getting to the golf cart parade. Somehow, in between leaving the Alyssa and getting to the golf cart parade, everything goes blank. I come to climbing on top of a golf cart and then promptly falling off from the roof of a golf cart. Luckily, we were by the Kroger so they could buy bandages to cover up all my bleeding wounds. You were playing, we had to stop at Kroger's to get you patched up? Yes. But the moral of the story is, be careful when you chug barley wine on the Alyssa. Be careful when you chug barley wine on the Alyssa. We'll call that uh, Sailing Sarah on top of a a golf cart. I definitely sailed. (laughs) Hell yeah! (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing one of your most memorable moments. Have you, okay, so, oh, they they took it. Did you, did you get a sample of this Christmas period? I did not. Let me finish the spring block. Okay. All right, so you finish that spring broth because we're not going to do a segment without rating a beer. I'm going to give you just a touch. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so this is called Scaldus Noel. It's a 12% Imperial Christmas ale. Okay. All right. All right, Sarah. This definitely smells interesting. It does smell interesting. Spicy. It does smell spicy. Go ahead. You're gonna you're gonna rate on the on the bonus segment. Tell us what you think. Ooh, that is good. That is really good. I will say. Nice. What is it? Marion's bringing us soup smash burgers. <laughs> All right. So I will say the spice is a lot more prominent on the aroma than in the flavor, but the flavor is very rich. Like I don't know. It is very rich. Yeah, it's, it's very spicy. This is a. I wonder if there's a like a touch of Christmas like Belgian egg. yeast or something it, in there. I, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. Because it, it, it does almost have this like trapel spice to yes. it. Yeah. it. It really, really does. And the body is just very, very thick. It is very thick. So, what would you rate it? Zero to four. Scaldus Noel Imperial Christmas Sale, twelve percent alcohol. For getting fucked up on Christmas, I am going to give this a 3.97. 3.97? Would you would you drink this and then sail on the top of a golf cart? Probably yes. Probably yes. So this is golf cart sail worthy. 
beer. Absolutely. Ah, man. I mean, I'm 3.97 out of four golf carts. Out of four golf carts? I would I would agree with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and match your score. I'm going to go 3.97. I think it is a cool little spicy beer. Uh, it, it's got some uh, Christmas aspects, but it's got those Belgian aspects, and I don't, I'm don't. i kind of a sucker for Belgian beers. Yeah. I enjoy the Belgian beers. Uh, this tastes like mischief. This tastes like uh, shooting down your neighbor's drone because your cousin convinced you it was a Chinese spy. Sarah. Sarah, I love you. Sarah, this tastes like mischief. Just like when you shot down your cousin's drone. Ah, we'll be back in a little bit. Or we won't. No, definitely. Because this is all over. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. This is over. Everything is over. Goodbye, This is, we're in the future. We're in the future. We're going to go back to the past here in just a moment. 